This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Inshallah, we'll be reading from verse number 29 of Surah Al-Najm. We'll also be reading a sajda at the end of the surah so we can make a sujood, inshallah, as we know the method of it. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Fa'a'rid amman tawalla an dhikrina walam yurid illa alhayatan dunya. Thalika mablaghum minal ilm. إِنَّ رَبَّكَ هُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِمَنْ ضَلَّ عَنْ سَبِيلِهِ وَهُوَ أَعْلَمُ بِمَنْ اهْتَدَى وَلِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ لِيَجْزِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسَاءُوا بِمَا عَمِلُوا لِيَجْزِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسَاءُوا بِمَا عَمِلُوا وَيَجْزِيَ الَّذِينَ أَحْسَنُوا بِالْحُسْنَى الَّذِينَ يَجْتَنِبُونَ كَبَائِرَ الْإِثْمِ وَالْفَوَاحِشَ إِلَّا اللَّمَمْ إِنَّ رَبَّكَ وَاسِعُ الْمَغْفِرَةِ هو أعلم بكم إذ أنشأكم من الأرض وإذ أنتم أجنة في بطون أمهاتكم فلا تزكوا أنفسكم هو أعلم بمن اتقى أفرأيت الذي تولى وأعطى قليلا وأكدى أعنده علم الغيب فهو يرى أم لم ينبأ بما في صحف موسى وإبراهيم الذي وفى ألا تزر وازرة وزر أخرى وأن ليس للإنسان إلا ما سعى وأن سعيه سوف يرى ثم يجزاه الجزاء الأوفى وأن إلى ربك المنتهى وأنه وأضحك وأبكى وأنه هو أمات وأحيا وأنه خلق الزوجين الذكر والأنثى من نطفة إذا تمنى وأن عليه النشأة الأخرى وأنه هو أغنى وأقنى وأنه هو رب الشعرى وأنه أهلك عادا الأولى وثمود فما أبقى وقوم نوح من قبل إنهم ك 
كانوهم أظلم وأطغى والمؤتفكة أهوى فغشاها ما غشا فبأي آلاء ربك تتمارى هذا نذير من النذر الأولى أزفت الآزفة ليس لها من دون الله كاشفة أفمن هذا الحديث تعجبون وتضحكون ولا تبكون وأنتم سامدون فاسجدوا لله واعبدوا بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين My dearest mothers and sisters, these verses Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has kept short and sharp and the lesson is for one and all. And at the same time, there is a lot of pondering, so many lessons derived from these beautiful verses. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, turn away, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, from he who turns away from our remembrance. فَأَعْرِضْ عَمَّنْ تَوَلَّا عَنْ ذِكْرِنَا Withdraw from he who turns away from our remembrance. And the remembrance here is referring to the Quran. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Turn away from he who has turned away from the Quran and desires nothing but the life of this world. And this is a lesson, obviously, the instruction to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to convey the message of the deen is very clear. There is no doubt in that. It is something that is a duty. He was the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he delivered the duty in the best possible way. But to have extra relations with those who do not want anything besides the desires of this life is something that this verse has made clear is not the quality of a mu'min, a believer. So... As much as this verse is directed to Muhammad sallallahu the lesson is for us all. What I learn and take away from this beautiful verse is that if we were to mix with people who do not believe at all in the hereafter and that they only are pursuing the desires of this life, perhaps people like myself and yourselves, we might be affected by them in a way that we may not even know. So it's important for us to disassociate ourselves from those who turn us away from Allah. Who are the people who turn us away from Allah? Those who don't believe in Allah at all, they don't believe in the hereafter, their only struggle is the struggle to have a better life, not realizing that this life is going to come to a quick end. And this is why the issue of company is being made mention of once again to say, let us ensure that we have good company at all times. Those who remind us of Allah and His Messenger, those whom when salah time comes in, they too fulfill their salah. May Allah make that the norm in our homes and in our company. Amen. So my mothers and sisters, turning away from those who turn away from Allah is a duty. It's a duty of every one of us. The only time that we would be able to have a relationship with them is number one, necessity, that which is necessary. Number two is that which does not contradict the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. For example, you may have parents, you may have siblings, you may have family members, you need to fulfill their rights if they are not Muslim, for example. 
you will fulfill their rights, you will be kind to them, uh, you will perhaps if they are your parents, you may want to obey their instruction for as long as they do not instruct you to do something against the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, quite simple. And then uh, also for as long as we are trying to help and we are trying to assist. So for example, I'm mixing with people whom I'm trying to convey the good message to, I'm trying to portray the good, the goodness of Islam to. At the same time, the last condition would be for as long as they don't affect us with their bad ways and habits in any way whatsoever. So we, because we are weak, sometimes we are affected, as I said, without us knowing. And for this reason, if you are not strong, it's best to actually abstain. It's best to have the best of company. And this is the advice we give our children as well, and we should be giving our children to say, the best thing you could do is to be in good company. My mothers and sisters, children are brought up by society, by the environment and by, the, by their peers more than they are by their parents nowadays. So basically what we need to do is ensure that their environment is such that we would not be embarrassed by the upbringing that that environment provides them. Sometimes we teach them so many things in the home. They go out to their friends and so on. They come back with earrings, funny haircuts, tattoos and so on. Uh, this is not because of something that went wrong in the home, but because of peer pressure. So if we choose for them the good schools, the good environment, the good suburbs, the good societies, the good places to live in, they would have only those whom they mix with as good people. Or should I say they would have good people alone who would be mixing with them. And then they would come back home perhaps uh, having learnt a little bit of Quran, come and speak something good because that's the company they had. And this is why in Islam it's important to choose your suburb, to choose the location where your home is going to be because as the children come out to play, they play with others in the same suburb. And if those people in the suburb are not actually of good character and conduct, what do you expect from your own children? You cannot keep them cooped up in the home throughout and you cannot... Uh, for example, play a role beyond a certain point. But what you could do is to choose for them a good suburb, good environment, even your friends. Your friends need to be the parents of those who are decent. If you notice your friend's children being people who are indecent, you may want to change your friends or you may want to distance yourself slightly because that is what this verse is talking about, to distance yourself from those who have forgotten the remembrance of Allah, those who have turned away from the remembrance of Allah. Those whose main aim is this world, earning money, buying things, doing this, doing that, getting things done in this world, and they don't even think about the hereafter. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us strength. Then the next verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that is what they could reach of knowledge. Their reaching point, those who are only interested in this world, they learn, they study, they swat, they actually work very, very hard only in order to pass an examination of this world. They forget about the hereafter. And if you take a careful look, the world today is designed in a way that people forget about the year after they work so hard in order to get a salary at the end of the month or the end of the week. If you're lucky, that is. May Allah forgive us. People complain we haven't been paid for four months, especially in a country like this. So people work so hard morning to evening and Allah says, look, look, those who have turned away from us, one of the signs is their knowledge will only be knowledge of this dunya, this world. They don't have the knowledge of the hereafter or the knowledge of the deen or Allah or how to get closer to us. So Allah says, those who have turned away from our dhikr, referring here to the Quran directly, they are those who, whom their knowledge is solely and only based on whatever is going to help them in this world. They don't want to know about the Qur'an. This is why we've always said, when you hear about the Qur'an, you must immediately make an effort to learn, to 
understand, to put into practice, to convey to others, so that your name is not written amongst those who've turned away from the dhikr. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks, and like I said, you can take a look at the translations. All the translations refer to the term dhikr here as being the Qur'an. فَأَعْرِضْ عَمَّنْ تَوَلَّ عَنْ ذِكْرِنَا Turn away from he who turns away from our Qur'an. That's what Allah is saying. Subhanallah. May Allah protect us. May Allah grant us goodness. And then Allah says, the next verse, meaning the verse that I just spoke about, Allah says, That is the height of their knowledge. From knowledge, what is the height? Solely that which was benefiting them in this world. Then Allah says, Inna rabbaka huwa a'lamu biman an sabili. Indeed, your Lord is well aware of those who are astray from the path. And He is well aware of those who have been guided. Those who have received guidance. So Allah here is saying those who have forgotten about the Qur'an, the revelation, the link with Allah, they are misguided. And those who have solely prepared themselves for this world, you could have the degrees, you could have passed your O's and A's and varsity and whatever else you want. You could be flying, you know, passing with flying colors, mashallah. That doesn't mean you're going to paradise. And you could have failed. It doesn't mean you're going to hell. So don't become depressed and stressed. This is the world. A day you gain, a day you lose. That's what it is. But if you were to distance yourself from Allah, then you've lost. Then you've definitely lost. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from true failure. That is failure when it comes to the link with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Today, we push our children to get all A's. And we're excited. We throw parties for them. We, we, we tell the whole world about how, how, how well our sons and daughters have done in examinations. And we're embarrassed when they, pass, when they don't pass as we wanted them to pass, for example. Not realizing that, wallahi, if we were to adopt the same policy regarding the Qur'an and the knowledge of Allah and the knowledge of the Akhirah, the knowledge of the hereafter, then we would be truly successful. I'm not saying don't be happy at the success of your children. No, be happy. But... We become depressed when we see something otherwise. Yet, we don't realize true success is what? If your child dies at the age of 18, 20, 25, what will you say to yourself? Wow, you know this child, he just graduated as a doctor. But guess what? He, had, he was not bothered about salah, not bothered about anything else. That wouldn't even bat an eyelid, would it? May Allah not make us from amongst those. True mu'mineen, they are concerned of Allah more than anything else but they strike a balance as well they know we have to work hard we have to achieve we have to try and do as best as we can even at school we have to try our best it doesn't mean okay I'm a good Muslim so I don't mind failing completely and, and I will intentionally fail that's not right you go you work hard mashallah but you don't forget that for you what is more important is the akhirah today if you take a look at our attitude generally we give more importance to school than we give to madrasa it's a fact. We give more importance to geography and mathematics and biology and sociology and whatever else in terms of ologies they are. But Quranology, there's nothing going. May Allah forgive us. Really. Nothing going. You add the ology and inshallah people will give it more importance. Do you notice? The minute there's no ology on it, it's nothing. It's not important. It's got nothing to do with us. May Allah forgive us. May Allah strengthen us. I hope that word of motivation can make us at least do something good. Wallahi, you know, if your teacher at school admonishes the child, we, we will admonish the child too. But madrasa, the teacher just has to say, hey, can we come back? Hey, who do you think you are? That's how we, that's the attitude because we can tell them anything. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. So this is just a beautiful reminder for us all to say, give some importance to the deen. Give some importance to Allah. 
Allah loves you. Allah definitely does. And this is why these reminders are there. If Allah did not love us, He wouldn't have sent us any reminders at all. He would have just left us, but He didn't leave us. So Allah says, He's the one who knows who is astray and who is rightly guided. Then He says, وَلِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ Do you think you are going to take anything away from Allah? Allah says, and to Allah belongs everything that is in the heavens and all that is in the earth. It belongs to Him. So if you want anything, even of this earth and even of this worldly life, the best thing for you to do is to ask Allah. The best thing for you to do is to turn to Allah. Allah is the one who will give you whatever because He, he owns it all. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, to Allah belongs whatever is in the heavens and whatever is in the earth. That He may recompense those who do evil with the penalty of what they have done. And recompense those who do good with the best reward. It's Allah. You do bad, you pay for it. You do good, you are rewarded for it. So may Allah forgive us the evil and may Allah grant us a reward for the good that we've done. Amen. Then Allah says, those who avoid the major sins and immoralities only committing small sins, which means those who stay away from major sin, they may have committed minor sin, but they stay away from major sin. Indeed, your Lord is very forgiving. He is the most knowing of you. When He produced you from the earth, He knows better about you than you know about yourself. Allah knows more details about you than you do know about your own self. And yet we think we're the big deal. So Allah says, He knows he is most knowing of you when he produced you from the earth and when you were a fetus in the wombs of your mothers. So do not claim yourselves to be pure. He is most knowing of who fears him. You know, people who say, no, me, I'm a holy person. I'm very pious. I'm very pious. You know, this person is not pious. I'm very holy. I'm extremely holy. Yes. Don't worry. Your ears, they're holes. Mashallah, your nose, they're holes. The mouth, there's holes. The navel, there's holes. Astaghfirullah. That's called holy when you think you're holy. Those are the holes you're speaking about. So Allah is saying, don't start purifying yourself. Don't think you're the only one who's pious and everybody else is not. This is the attitude that shaitan makes people get when they think they're too pious. They say, we are on the path. That's it. Everyone else is astray. It's just me. I'm the one. May Allah forgive us. We are all human beings. We are all trying to earn Jannah. We all want Jannah. We all say the Shahada. Everyone's trying. Everyone's trial is on a different level. Appreciate everybody, respect everybody, understand everyone, speak nicely to everyone. Try and greet, try and be a person who is genuine, don't cause problems, don't create issues. And at the same time, look forward to paradise with a smile on the face. The day you die, you will go to a better place. So nice the place will be that you will say, why was I wasting my time? Why was I wasting my time on earth? It was a dump. Astaghfirullah. Well, compared to the Akhirah, compared to Jannah, it's definitely a dump. So my mothers and sisters, here is Allah telling us that we need to work hard. We need to avoid major sin completely and immoralities. Immoralities and fahsha refers to anything immoral. Dirty pictures, dirty videos, dirty websites, dirty magazines, dirty speech, dirty jokes, dirty anything and everything. All that is considered immorality. Nothing should be dirty. They call it X-rated. Not X-rated. It's supposed to be the X-rated, which means it's past, it's history, it's gone. We're no longer there. X, you know, they say my ex. That means someone who was in your life a long time ago. So here when you say X, it should be something that may have been there a long time ago. We are on a new phase. What's the phase? Right now we are plugged in with Allah. We want to please Allah. How do you please Allah? Ask Allah's forgiveness. Turn a new leaf. 
Subhanallah. But your life has to change. It has to change. You have to do better. You have to do better than you are. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us doing better than what we are doing right now. In terms of earning closeness to Him. And may He become close to us too. I mean. So my mothers and sisters, Allah is saying, those who avoid major sins, and they might have committed minor ones. Indeed, Allah is most forgiving. We learn something interesting. When a person commits minor sins, between the two salahs, those minor sins are forgiven, even if they haven't asked for forgiveness for them. So I read one salah, one or two minor sins the person's committed, and they read another salah, that between the two salahs, whatever happened is wiped out. And the third salah, for example, things are wiped out. But major sins, Allah says, they require proper tawbah. Specific, oh Allah, I committed this sin the other day. For example, a person who was in gambling, or, or for example, a person who was maybe who has committed adultery. Oh Allah, I committed this, I did this. I am very, very sad, remorseful, regretful. I am hurt, I don't want to do it again. I, am, I, I regret my action, I admit what I did, and I ask you for forgiveness, and I promise you I won't do it again. And Allah says, You are forgiven. Finished, wiped out. You only need to ask that forgiveness once. Thereafter, mashallah, we do repeat it. We do repeat forgiveness, I mean. We do repeat the seeking of forgiveness. But each time we repeat it, it's not like we're not forgiven the first time. Each time we, we, we seek forgiveness, Allah strengthens us and He raises our rank. So you can keep on asking Allah's forgiveness for a sin you've committed years ago, even though you are already forgiven. Don't doubt the fact that you are forgiven. But the fact that you're repeating the seeking of forgiveness actually consolidates your, your relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and gives you a higher rank. That's what it is. Imagine a person committed a sin 50 years ago and they say, oh Allah, I regret what I did. I regret it. Forgive me, ya Allah. Allah says, you are forgiven. Khalas, it's over. And then a, a, a few years later, you say, oh Allah, I regret what I did. Forgive me, ya Allah. What will happen? It makes you closer to Allah. Allah becomes closer to you. And you become stronger and you become a person who's elevated in status. So it was not, not a waste. It's never a waste to seek Allah's forgiveness and to repeat it. We're not repeating it because we're doubting Allah's mercy. We're repeating it because we want to have a better relationship with Allah. Have we understood this? So there's no point. Shaitan comes to make you think, oh Allah, maybe Allah didn't forgive me for a sin I committed five years ago. No, a true mu'min knows that Allah forgave him. Khalas, Allah is most forgiving, most merciful. If Allah is most forgiving, most merciful, so He will forgive you in the greatest and best of ways. Khalas, it's gone, it's over. But you repeat it, meaning the, the seeking of forgiveness for the reasons that I just mentioned and even for more than that. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen us. Look at what Allah says thereafter. Uh, so, sorry, this verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says He knows us better than we know ourselves. And definitely he does. So this is why he knows what's better for us and he knows what's better for us long term, short term, everything. Sometimes we do things because shaitan deceives us to make us believe that we know better, but we actually don't. We actually don't. The only time we know better, well never better than Allah, but the only time we know better than what we used to know is when we've increased the knowledge of what Allah wants from us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, have you seen the one who turned away and gave a little and then refrained? Does he have knowledge of the unseen? Or so does he see? Does he see the unseen? Or has he not been informed of what was in the scriptures of Moses and of Abraham who fulfilled his obligations? That no bearer of burdens will bear the burden of another and that there is none for man. There is not for man except the good of which he strives. And that his effort is going to be seen. 
Now these are short verses, beautiful verses where Allah is reminding us about what he revealed even to the prophets Musa alayhi salam, Ibrahim alayhi salam. Allah says he, they, he revealed to them some of the verses that were revealed to Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. Allah describes him as a person who fulfilled his obligation. Ibrahim alladhi waffa. Ibrahim who fulfilled his obligation. What was the obligation? The covenant unto Allah. He did so many things based on Allah's instruction. He promised Allah he would fulfill and he did. So Allah says, what we had revealed to them is, no bearer of burdens will bear the burden of another. Listen to this. Those who call out to graves and saints and stones and sticks and trees and tombs and so on. Allah says clearly, we have revealed that no bearer of burdens will bear the burden of another. Story closed. Nobody will bear your burdens. Nobody. Not at all. It's you. It's between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will have the power on the day of qiyamah of interceding of be on behalf of those whom Allah permits. But that's with connected to the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Without a speck of doubt. We ask Allah to grant us that intercession. That doesn't mean like the Christians, we must keep on sinning and say, Jesus died for our sins. Nobody dies for another person's sin. That's what Allah is saying. Nobody is punished because of the sins of another person unless you were involved. Nobody can take your burden. There are verses in the Quran which say parents will want to shoulder or should I say people will look for their spouses and others to shoulder their burdens and each one will be bothered about their own. Allah says it won't help you. So these, this is a verse. Here Allah is telling us to protect ourselves from shirk. Did you know that? To protect ourselves from worshipping anyone besides Allah. You want forgiveness? Don't worry. Ask for it. Done. Done. Imagine if someone really loves you and they tell you anything you want, consider it done. And then you tell them, please can I have five dollars? <laughs> They'll give you fifty, to be honest. Because they care for you, they love you. Imagine if you ask Allah, oh Allah, forgive me, I've committed sin. Allah says, I love you. Allah's already declared his love for mu'mineen. He's already declared his love. So if you say, oh Allah, forgive me, Allah says, don't worry, I've wiped it out completely, totally gone. Forget about it. That's it, done. Allah never rejects tawbah, unless you're not genuine. You're just pretending. It's like people, you know, when they commit a sin, and I have to say this again and again because it's important for us to learn and to be remind ourselves. You commit a sin, you ask Allah's forgiveness, and then you end up committing the sin again at some time down the line. It doesn't mean that the first forgiveness was not accepted. The first repentance was not accepted. It was. If you were genuine at the time of repentance, and you genuinely said, Oh Allah, I'm not going to do this again. And you genuinely had a feeling in your heart that you're not going to do it again. But you fell due to human nature, weakness, or shaitan's trick, or whatever it was. Later on, that tawbah is considered separate from the previous one. Did you know that? It's not connected. But if you're asking Allah, Oh Allah, I committed the sin. I'll never do it again. And in your mind you say, mm, I might just. If that's the case, then you're not genuine. Come on, we can improve inshallah on that. We can improve on that by the will of Allah. Imagine someone were to tell you, you're dying in 15 minutes. That's it. Allahu Akbar. What would happen? I don't even want to begin to think about it. But when, when our death comes, nobody's going to even tell us 15 minutes. It's boom, gone. That's it, dead. This is why they say the best preparation would be from a person 
who's older or terminally ill or they, 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 they think they're going because their health is deteriorating, they have a bit of a time to prepare regarding their link with Allah. They have a time to seek forgiveness for whatever they've done. They are lucky, they are fortunate. So this is why sometimes that too is, is really a gift of Allah. Allah loves us so much. Sometimes he keeps you, you know, your knees are aching, your back is aching. It happens to so many. May Allah grant them all shifa. That's all Allah's love. Allah's love. Allah says, we won't let you suffer twice. No, no, no. You bear it a little bit, this dunya. When you die, you will come straight to us to Jannah, subhanallah. If you bore it correctly with iman, then that is definitely what you're going to get. Don't worry. This doesn't mean Allah does not like you. You might be in bed, you might not be able to get up, you might not be able to move. One day you might not be able to eat. Allah loves you. He says, don't worry. This is just my love for you. When you get to the akhirah, you see, we have something beautiful prepared for you. Subhanallah. May Allah grant us Jannah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us endure. It's not easy to endure. That is why sabr, the reward is Jannah. I always say, whenever Allah says that this act... Or this deed, the reward is Jannah, it's going to be tough to fulfill that deed. So when Allah says sabr, the reward of it is with Allah and it is Jannah, it's not easy. Sabr is one of the most difficult acts of worship ever. It's more difficult than fulfilling salah and giving zakah and going for hajj and fasting in Ramadan. One of the most difficult acts of worship is sabr upon the decree of Allah. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. May Allah make it easy for us all. Amen. So my mothers and sisters, Allah is saying here, we reveal to Ibrahim alayhi salam that no bearer of burdens will bear the burden of another and that there is not for man except the good of which he has tried. Except that of which he has tried. What belongs to you is the good you've done. What will help you is the good you've done. That's what it means. Yes, the bad that someone's done will come against them. But the good is the only thing that will come to help you by the mercy of Allah. And then Allah says, and, and that his effort is going to be seen. Any one of you has made any effort, you will see it. To read the Quran, to salah, to worship Allah alone, to learn the sunnah, to adopt the sunnah, to purify the deen, to ensure that you, you're acting upon the correct sunnah and so on. All those acts of sacrifice, Allah says, you will see your effort. Your effort will never be wasted. You did something for the sake of Allah. We are watching, we are recording, we will give you, we know, and you are going to get. It's not easy to... Don the hijab in a society that is naked. It is not easy to cut off music in a society full of the pop culture. It's not easy to learn the Quran in a community obsessed by 50 shades of grey. It's a reality. You want one, the other one's going to be very difficult. If you're into your Qur'an, you won't want to be into all those other things. If you're into the sunnah, you won't want to be into everything else. Yes, you know, if something is beneficial, something is useful, something is not hurtful, not shameless, not immoral, and so on, and you want to read perhaps in order to broaden, in order perhaps maybe to freshen up your mind and so on, a little bit here and there, not a problem, no harm, no harm. But you don't give it preference 
over the deen and over the word of Allah. No preference. Wallahi, my mothers and sisters, we are guilty, myself included. We are guilty, all of us, of not doing enough when it comes to the word of Allah. We are guilty. And I said myself included, we can do more. We can do much, much more when it comes to the word of Allah. That is the word. Wallahi, the hadith says, Al-Quran on the day of on the day of Qiyamah, the Quran will come to bear witness for you or against you. How would you like it? How would you like it? So Allah subhanahu wa taala says, His effort is going to be seen. Then He will be recompensed for it with the fullest recompense. What else was revealed? And that your Lord. To your Lord is the end, the finality. You're going to return back to your Lord. Everything will end. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills, everything returns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that it is He who makes one life uh, laugh or weep. It is Allah who makes you laugh or weep in the sense that He can give you moments of laughter. Moments of happiness and sadness, Allah can give you at any time. You can be happy and five minutes later you've got the worst news ever and you are the saddest person ever. It is Allah who makes one laugh and weep. And it is He who causes death and gives life. And He creates the two mates, the male and the female, from a sperm drop when it is emitted. And that incumbent upon Allah is the other, meaning the next creation, the resurrection. Allah will resurrect. So you are born, you are in this world, then you're going to die, you return to Allah, then He will resurrect you. He says, we promise you, we promise you we're going to resurrect you. And that it is He who enriches and suffices. It is Allah who grants people. He's the one who makes you wealthy. He's the one who grants you sufficiency. That is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that it is He who is the Lord of Sirius. What is it? It's the star that was worshipped by the pagan Arabs. Allah says Allah is the Lord of that star. You people are worshipping it. But Allah is the Lord of that star. And this goes to show that anything that is worshipped besides Allah, Allah is the Lord of that thing or that person anyway. So you'd rather worship Allah alone. And it is He who destroyed the first people of Ad, the nations, the previous nations. Allah was the one who destroyed them. The people of Ad were destroyed by whom? By Allah. And the people of Thamud, He did not spare them either. And the people of Noah before indeed they who were even more unjust and oppressing. It was they who were more unjust and oppressing. They were destroyed by Allah. Allah is trying to show us that if we have destroyed nations because of their bad deeds, stop doing bad deeds. May Allah forgive us and strengthen us. My mothers and sisters pray to Allah for help, for strength. Yes, we are strong, we do try, but the strength comes from Allah. This is why the Prophet ﷺ used to make a dua. Oh Allah, make good for me, make easy for me, make beloved to me, iman, and goodness, and obedience, and make hated to me, disbelief, and sin, and evil. 
That's a dua we are supposed to be reading. Oh Allah, strengthen me to fulfill my duties unto you. And strengthen me even more to stay away from that which will earn your wrath. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And the overturned towns he hurled down and covered them by that which he covered. So who are those who were overturned? Only one nation by Allah. One nation was totally overturned, punished in the most severe, serious way. This is what the Quran says. Allah says, the overturned towns. He hurled down and covered them by that which, we, which he covered. Those are the people of Lut salam, The people who engaged in sodomy and homosexuality. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And the overturned towns he hurled down and covered them by that which he covered. Then which of the favors of your Lord do you doubt? Do you doubt anything? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, This Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is a warner. Just like the former warners. He came to warn you regarding the approaching day and the fact that it has already approached. The approaching day has approached. There is no remover of it from those besides Allah. No one can remove the approaching day or the punishment. Then at this statement, do you wonder? Allah is saying, you know, whatever we've said just now, do you wonder? Are you wondering? And you laugh and do not weep. Addressing the kuffar of Quraysh. They used to laugh at Muhammad sallallahu Or the kuffar at any time. The message is for everyone. You laugh and do not weep. While you are proudly The term used here is sporting, playing games Singing or heedless, lost in vain, in amusement So Allah is saying, you are laughing, you are not weeping Yet we are telling you that the day has approached, it's already coming and you are just wasting your time amusing yourself. Everything today is about one word. Do you know what it is? Entertainment. Have you heard that word? Entertainment. Whatever we do is entertainment. I have a TV for entertainment. I have a radio for entertainment. I visit here for entertainment. I go there for entertainment. Everything is entertainment. So Allah says you are proudly entertaining yourself. You don't realize the preparation for the Akhirah is extremely important. Don't be lost in entertainment such that you forget the Akhirah. Entertainment, wow. We entertain. Subhanallah. So right at the end, when Allah asks the last question to say, you are still wasting time basically, then He says, so prostrate to Allah and worship Him. That's the inverse. فَاسْجُدُوا لِلَّهِ وَعْبُدُوا So turn to Allah now. Allah is saying not tomorrow, not yesterday, 
Not any other day. We're talking about now. Meaning don't be foolish by saying, Oh, okay, you know, yesterday I was okay. I was fine. What are you doing now? No matter how fine you were yesterday, it doesn't govern where you are today. To be honest, religiously, you are judged by where you will end. Just like a race, any race. We've spoken about it now in the last few weeks regarding races. When you're running, it's not how powerful the start was. It's where you ended. So you could have been a pious person yesterday. And if today you know you're not there anymore, well, you're losing. And you could have been a sinner yesterday. But today, if you've turned to Allah, you're winning. It's to do with where you are. Right now and where you will end. Because I don't know when I'm going to end. So therefore, I better be on the right path all the time. So my mothers and sisters, this is a beautiful way of ending the surah. Where Allah says, فَسْجُدُوا لِلَّهِ So therefore, fa here is referring to therefore. So because of that, whatever we've said just now, worship Allah. Meaning prostrate to Allah now. Now. Prostrate to Allah. وَعْبُدُوا And worship Him alone. So these verses are so powerful. And this is why when Allah says prostrate now, we should be prostrating now, here and now, without delaying. And this is why I said at the beginning of this session that we will be reading a verse of sajda. These verses are instructing us to prostrate. So we will prostrate. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the acceptance of all our prostrations. The qibla is facing uh, the direction. The masjid is right next to us. I'm sure you would know. Those of you who do have wudu, inshallah, you can prostrate here and now. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept it from us. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala Muhammad.